to the Monica Cade podcast, a conscious approach to all things health and lifestyle, empowering you to be your best self in each moment. Because the truth is, that's all we ever have. From conscious lifestyle tips that'll help you make better choices in all areas of your life, through to interviews with game-changing entrepreneurs, creative minds, and thought leaders. These conversations move me. They're changing the world, and I hope they impact yours. So, without further ado, let's dive into this week's conversation. Hello, and welcome to episode 102 of the Monica Cade podcast. Joining me today is Pip Somerville, who is the founder and creative director of Tonic, an all-natural health capsule company with a no-fluff approach to feeling good. Born out of a desire to make natural health supplements easier and more convenient for the health-conscious consumer, Tonic was founded in 2016 by Pip and her father, Glenn. The brand is loved by Goop, Gwyneth Paltrow's lifestyle brand, along with many other worldwide retailers. And she's got a really fascinating story. So I'm really looking forward to sharing her business journey and the tonic journey with you all today. So let's welcome her to the conversation. Hi, Pip. Thanks for joining me. Hi, thank you. It's awesome to be here. Yeah. So I just thought we'd kick off the interview and give our listeners a bit of background because I feel like your background uh, has played a part in your journey to creating Tonic as well. So could you maybe take me back and tell me what did you want to be when you were growing up as a kid? Yeah, sure. So I think when I was little, I always had the aspiration to be something in medical, but then I think it changed slightly to be a vet. Um, I always remember as kids we had so many animals and random animals and all I really wanted to do was work with them. Um, I guess that's probably a big kid's dream, but <laughs> that's, I guess as far as I can remember, I think I just wanted to be a vet. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then so you've also then became a professional uh, athlete along the way. So yes. how yes. did that come about? So you went from wanting to be a vet and then you obviously went in a different direction. So tell me about that. Yeah, so as a kid I went to boarding school through high school. We lived quite far away from where there was any good schooling. So I got shipped off to boarding school, which is a blessing, obviously. Mm-hmm. But through high school, I, I was really athletic all through primary school and that sort of thing. But I got hand-selected by recruiters just at high school to try out for the rowing team. Didn't know anything about rowing at the time, but I just got hooked on the competitiveness of it. And just the, the training and the, the team environment was just amazing, especially living so far from home and just... That the rowing team really became my family away from family. So I just took to it. And I think because of my competitive nature, I did did just exceed it. And I just kept rowing. So I rowed all through high school and then all through uni. And that's really what um, – it, it didn't obviously start on it, but it definitely takes it all back to wanting to look after myself and having to have natural – I guess not supplements but natural options because later in my um, rowing career I was at university and we weren't allowed any synthetic supplements or ingredients because we always got tested so Mm -hmm. I guess yeah it it definitely plays its hand big time. So then tell me a little bit more about this like the, the experience of competing what was it like in terms of your nutrition and you know being fit and how did that impact you? as an individual? Um, hugely. And it's a bit of a catch-22 because I think I took it um, probably almost too seriously. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest, I guess, roads that led me down to 
um, really wanting to look after nutrition and that sort of thing was an, an incident that happened while I was competitively training and that was what a coach had said to me and this is obviously all before social media and that sort of thing so it was we were under so much um, not stress is the wrong word but pressure to be at the top of our game mm-hmm. um, performance wise and that all came from looking after yourself so giving yourself the right nutrition recovering correctly eating the right foods to recover and it wasn't necessarily something that if you if you weren't um, at the top of your game you just weren't selected for cruise so if if I didn't look after myself I wasn't at the top of my performance and then I wouldn't have been selected so it all it yeah it was it was basically you did it or you didn't if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so would you say that you started to develop an unhealthy relationship with your food Absolutely. So the the pivotal point was, and not many people probably heard this, but I was told that I was too heavy to make one of the crews for New Zealand championships. Mm -hmm. At the time, I obviously wasn't anywhere near overweight, but it was just the fact that the coach had said those words to me. Mm -hmm. And I took that very literally. And Mm -hmm. all I did was train harder and eat less. And then that's when I sort of developed... Not necessarily at that early stage in eating disorder, but I was just so competitive and obsessed with being the best I could be mm-hmm. that it all just got so out of hand very quickly. And I think that that just came from the pressure of being so competitive and the um, combination of me just being a competitive person personally. Yeah, sure. Tell me about being so far away from home and then going through this experience. I myself have had issues with eating disorders in the past as well, so I can, I, to some extent, understand your journey. But tell me yeah. about the experience of being so far away from home and then also not being around your family. Do you feel that that fueled that kind of, not necessarily eating disorder, but that approach to your health and, and well-being even made it worse? I think, yeah, definitely. And I think looking back on it, we just didn't have the um, resources or the tools to, one, speak to someone about it, Mm -hmm. or two, to have anyone looking out for it either. Because I was so fit and so competitive, I don't think it wasn't probably that easy to tell what was wrong immediately. Um, And because I was still performing, like – that's probably the worst part about it was when I started to lose a lot of weight because I wasn't um, refueling. Mm. I actually got better at the game and at the sport because I was just putting in that much more work. Yeah. Um, So I think had I gone home each weekend and seen family and and actually being able to be eyeballed as to what was going on, I Mm. think it would have made a huge difference. But I was definitely still surrounded by friends and coaches and that sort of thing, but they just they didn't have, I guess, the, the education or the resources to pick up on what was really happening. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it is one of those things that can be hidden for such a long time and unless people are really aware of it. And I think as well now it's a, a topic that's more openly discussed, whereas probably when, in you know, before social media and everything, it wasn't that, you, know, you couldn't shine the light on it so easily. Absolutely, yeah. Now, your dad has played a part in your role developing tonic with you. I just want to talk a little about the, a little bit about the relationship that you have with him before we dive into how tonic came about. 
Dad and I's relationship is really special. We we grew up as kids working, not working alongside him in the pharmacy, but we always, we were from a really small coastal town in New Zealand and he had the only pharmacy in town. So when we were um, on school holidays or on weekends, we always went in there and just, we just wanted to hang out with him. And the best way to do that was to be with him in the pharmacy and the dispensary. Mm-hmm. So I just, I admired his ability to be able to support a family. So there's three girls in our family and mum. And he could just balance working full time as well as still being like our dad and having fun and taking us fishing in the mornings and when he had a chance. And it was just, I think I probably the word would be admired him. And I've always admired him growing up. I've always wanted to make him proud. And I think when the the rowing thing and the eating disorder came about, he was such a pivotal part in helping me get better and 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 still do everything that I wanted to do and dream big and, and chase everything. So mm-hmm. I think it's just been over the 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> Which I hate, hate wording that word, but <laughs> it's just been such a gradual and I don't know, I can't really word it, but it's just such a an awesome relationship and I'm so lucky to have it, especially mm-hmm. with Dad. You know, it's interesting. I, in preparing for the interview, like I've been on your website and I was reading about it and there's a little section about your dad as well. And without really knowing you guys, I can already feel that really special <laughs> relationship through what's presented there. Like you can just feel it, which is so beautiful. Um, yes. Yeah. So now apple cider vinegar is kind of where it started, I believe. And yes. so maybe yeah. you can jump into how apple cider vinegar played a role in your life and then and then how it influenced the development of tonic. Yeah, so I'll delve, uh, I guess, slightly back to the, to the end of when I was, I guess, classed as having an eating disorder. They, they put me on all of these um, nutritional supplements and powders and I basically felt like a baby calf. Um, <laughs> pumped with all those, like, milk formulas and goodness knows what else and I just felt as as much as I was getting better and putting on weight I just felt so sluggish and my digestive system just basically shut down and I was bloated as anything and it was actually dad that suggested that I started to take apple cider vinegar just to try and help um, I guess negate the side effects of all the other stuff that they were putting into me and I think from his point of view, it was just an old wives' tale thing and probably something his mum had used or, you know, just something that was out there. But we tried it and it, that was hands down what made me feel better and it just helped with digestion. It helped me with my energy levels. It actually allowed me to to take more of what they were telling me to take so it sped up my recovery mm-hmm. without the bad side effects sort of taking over everything sure um so then as I grew older and I obviously went off to uni I just kept taking it and I took it for probably about 10 years mm-hmm. and then in my later life when I was traveling a lot for work I'd just carry around a bottle of apple cider vinegar yeah. <laughs> I, was, I think I was obsessed with it um, it's okay. I can relate. But I would, I've a lot of things in my life. Like that. <laughs> but I would. I could honestly, if I didn't have it for a day, I'd notice a difference the next day. I was just wow. I don't know if it was just a thing that I've created in my head, but a lot of people that I talk to now say the same thing. So I don't feel as crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but I was traveling and this was one occasion I went, um, I was on a photography job in really remote Indonesia and I got there and I had all my camera gear in my bag and the bottle of apple cider vinegar that I took with me had split. So I just cracked and my bag was full. Well, it wasn't, it was, everything was soaked in apple cider vinegar. It stunk. Um, some of my cameras were infected and I, I think I just cracked it. Like I just thought, oh my gosh, there's got to be an easy way. Why? Like, why has this happened to me? Yeah. And I probably, I was, I was also absolutely gutted that for the next two weeks I didn't have any apple cider vinegar, so I was probably yeah, a bit angry. And it was at that point that I just called Dad thinking, oh, goodness, he might know of something. Or, and I just said to him, can you get this stuff in capsules? And he said, I don't think so. So when, we got back to, when I got back to Australia, I did about probably a month of research to try and find a different way to be able to take apple cider vinegar. And at the mm-hmm. time there was nothing there. I don't remember thinking I'm going to conquer the world and make an apple cider vinegar capsule, but I just thought I want it because I'm going to take it and yeah. there's nothing out there. I just want to make something so my life is going to be easier. And we started, it was basically from there. I said to dad, can you help me? formulate it I don't know where we're going to get made I have no absolutely no idea but Mm. I want to do this and so when you went to him in that point was that purely just for you or did you have it as a business idea as well at that point that was actually just for me yeah Um, sure I just wanted to see if I could actually do it and if the, the biggest thing for me obviously was making sure I could get all the same benefits without just having to take around the bottles of apple cider vinegar so at that, I guess at that point I didn't even know if it was possible mm-hmm. um, and it was we, we went in from there with just formulations and trials and testing and I, I guess probably six or seven months into it once we realized that we could do it and then it could retain all of its organic benefits mm-hmm. and I thought there might be other people out there that want this as well. Mm-hmm. That is impressive story so <laughs> I'm just impressed that you went through this whole six months of testing just to create this product for you I totally get it because I know when you find something that works and like obviously it makes sense you know especially carrying around a bottle of apple cider vinegar everywhere that is you know it's extra work so to create (laughs) for yourself I think that's incredible that you had that desire so at what point how many how many goes or like was it even how many goes like did it take to kind of perfect the formula um, it took about a year okay. between between trialing different um, just ingredients in it, what the capsule was made out of. A lot of options were out there um, from a pharmaceutical point for it to be a powdered capsule. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem with powdering is it's got to be heat treated, which actually kills all the organic enzymes, which is the mother. So there's yeah. zero benefit to actually taking the capsule. So. Mm-hmm. Because we wanted to have a liquid-filled capsule, I guess I've always done things a difficult way, um, mm-hmm. and this was just another case of that. But we, we got there in the end, and, and we still are to the date, to this date, sorry, the only liquid-filled apple of vinegar capsule out there. So I that's think that's so just cool. a testament to yeah. how long it's taken to formulate it. And I, w- without, without Glenn's help, um, just being a pharmacist, I'd be... <laughs> I think I'd still be in the carrying around your formulation stage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
And so at what point then, so it took about a year to formulate, and was it at that point that you decided that you wanted to take it public or turn it into a business? Like what was that process for you? Yeah, it was all really organic. I Once I'd realised that we could do it, I started talking to friends who who were probably taking episode of there at the time, and I said, would you guys be interested in taking something that was a lot easier and it gave you all the benefits? And they were all like, yeah, where do I get this stuff from? Hmm. Um, That was, I guess, there would have probably been about six months transition from it being a testing thing to, okay, do this. I'm going to create a a brand out of it. But it wasn't something that I did and said, righto, this is a brand, I'm going to take it to the masses. I think I just launched it and it was such a soft launch. I remember, I think it was September 2016 we launched and then we just started to see sales come in over the space of like that Christmas period. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, then it, it, it's just all organically grown from them. It's incredibly, like I feel so lucky that we're even here now. But yeah, the, the beauty of it is it's just been um, – a lot of referring, um, just talking to people, people finding us organically and, yeah, I just, it's amazing. <laughs> well, I know when I uh, found out about you guys and I was just like reading about the brand and everything because I guess for me I am very health conscious and I like to put the most natural form of anything into my body as possible. So yeah, it's really once I started reading more about your story and the product, I was really impressed by that. That's amazing. And I loved how, you know, it is for you to also empower people to like have the really, the purest, most organic or, you know, the healthiest version of this into their bodies while also making it more convenient, which is just brilliant. So I think it's really exciting that just, you know, from your own your own health journey, I suppose, you know, this product has come to fruition. And I love as well that you didn't set out to just, hey, this is a business and I'm going to create this business. Like I, I really like that about your story as well. It's, it's kind of different too. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about how Goop gave you the seal of approval for this product. That was, that's probably one of the biggest successes to date. And, and that was just from an expo wow. um, over in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, when we launched, we launched in 2016 and we started moving into the States, I think it was about February 2017, which at the time, again, like we've done everything, I guess, reactively because mm-hmm. we never intended to be an international brand. The labelling laws are all different in the US. They're different in the EU. And I guess the, the beauty of it is just being able to adapt so quickly. And and with Goop, they wanted to stock us primarily just because it was apple cider vinegar in a capsule and they already had a lot of clients um, mm-hmm. buying apple cider liquid on their website. Yeah. It, it's all about... Um, relationship building and who you know and I guess just how how you perceived online and I think that's we've always done everything really organically we've never paid for you know inorganic growth or mm. look at me look at me and I yeah. think that's how our our retailer partnerships have come about which is awesome yeah that's amazing and so yeah. for the listeners that maybe aren't really familiar with apple cider vinegar and its benefits can you just give us like a little bit of a rundown like why should we take apple cider vinegar? What's, how's it going to help us? So we have to be so careful as a natural 
health brand not to be able to make claims, but I can give it from a personal. Absolutely. Um, so tell me your personal experience. Yeah. So I used to, I, I take it, the, the biggest one for me is it is basically a full body detox. So as soon as I used to have the shot of apple cider vinegar in the morning, I could feel it just help with digestion internally. So it, it helps with digesting sugars and foods, which obviously helps with gut health. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got a healthy gut, which that helps with your hair, skin and nails are a lot shinier and just the growth of your nails and your hair is quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed a huge difference with energy levels. So it breaks down because it breaks down the food in your, um, in your gut. It, your energy levels are, are higher. You don't get that 3 p.m. sluggish, like, lull. Yeah. <laughs> um, your digestive system's way more regular, um, and that's one of the biggest feedbacks we've had from just the capsules themselves is because you can take them just before a meal. Mm-hmm. Um, it just helps push everything through. Um, a lot of people will have really good feedback with skin conditions, so like eczema, psoriasis, and that all comes because it's that gut health mm-hmm. detox. Yeah, and and a lot of and that's what's not really known or talked about. It is obviously a lot more now, but with a healthy gut, everything else just flows so much more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's so true. And yeah. you've also developed four variants since you started. So can you tell me as well? Yeah. So tonic number one is organic coconut oil. Mm -hmm. Um, Tonic number two is organic apple cider vinegar with the mother. Mm -hmm. Number three is turmeric. So we've actually got a concentrated formula, which is curcumin. Um, Mm Curcumin is the active ingredient of turmeric. Mm -hmm. And number four is organic hemp seed oil. Amazing. And so what's, what would you recommend to people that are listening and they're interested and they want to maybe trial something out? Which is there one that you recommend starting with or what would you say? Um, it, it really depends on what they want assistance with with their health. But I think the, the best starting point is number two. Um, it's more of an overall wellness, um, I guess, health detox. Mm-hmm. If, you, if they're looking for things like anti-inflammatories or um, mood balance and energy levels number four is really good for that but it just depends we've got a lot of people that start on one and then end up taking all four mm-hmm. <laughs> which is awesome um, <laughs> yeah it is and yeah on our, yeah go on that's right on the website it's just a breakdown of what every single one's really good for but um we're, we're here to help so if anyone's got questions just fire them fire them at us yeah, amazing. And we'll include your website and social media links in the show notes so people can go and check them out after listening to this conversation also. Aside from running, Tony, you also run a branding and design agent, which yeah, is do. pretty impressive. Tell me, how do you juggle doing this? That's a good question. I actually asked myself that this morning. I think it's getting to the point where it almost is pushing it, but the base agency has been something that I've been passionate about since uni and that's what I studied which is um, graphic design and digital marketing so that as well has been a really organic growth of a business I used to do full-time marketing roles it was about six years ago and I just started to notice when social media came out if you're stuck in one role you're really stagnant in terms of what you're looking at and the trends and 
just basically inspiration as well. If you're only looking at, for example, I was working for a boat company and all I was looking at was boats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you just get really stuck. And I was having friends ask me for help with social media and then they'd refer me to a different business who needed help. And it, I just thought, hang on a minute, there might be something here. I was stuck in full-time roles, but I was getting more work after hours so I'd be up to all hours of the night with on other companies um, whether it was like a logo or a social media strategy and then I just thought yeah stop it I'll <laughs> <laughs> go out and I'll see what I can do and I've never looked back which is that's another thing that I'm so thankful for but it's it's helped Tonic incredibly so because I was able to do all the branding all the marketing all the social media all the packaging um and I guess that's probably a good thing because I'm very OCD with design. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. And you've done such yeah. a beautiful job. Like I actually was thinking that when I read that you did both, I thought, oh, that's really cool because, you know, even though you didn't set out to create Tonic as a business, it has evolved into that. And then, you know, having those skills, it makes such a difference. Like, oh, absolutely. I also run a copywriting business and so I notice for all the content that I create for me I totally get I just think wow you know it gives you that different edge because you already have that skill set available to you yeah yeah I think uh, a lot of people will ask me like where did I get the inspiration for the bottles or how did I do the social media and it's I actually can't give them an answer because it's just something that I was always been really passionate about yeah um, so yeah I totally can relate to to your story yeah. as well awesome. <laughs> all right so our interview is coming to a close but there are some signature questions that I will ask you okay. they're fun don't worry it's funny people get a little bit nervous I can hear it in their voices when I ask them but they're fun okay so I'm curious about this one actually so if you could mm-hmm. attempt any career in the world aside from what you do now what would you like to attempt? That's a good one. I think probably something in the doctor or like medical world. And mm-hmm. from that, probably more along the lines of like nutrition sure. um, or like a holistic health career, mm-hmm. just because I'm so interested in it. And I think, I, I honestly think that's the way the world's moving is to more of that Western medicine as opposed to traditional. Mm, yeah. But, yeah, I do agree yeah. with you. Yeah, amazing. And is there a piece of advice or wisdom that's been passed down to you or that you've acquired through your own life experience that you live by today? Um, lots, but probably the, the biggest and best, which I'm still trying to adapt personally, mm-hmm. is to not sweat the small stuff. I think when you're working, especially in a small business or a couple of them in my case, yeah, little things can just set you off and if you let it get to you and you, I guess, stew on it or you just, you don't let yourself move past and look at the bigger picture, that's when you can get really down and everything is affected, not a, not only business, just relationships, friendships. So it's just being able to recognise something that's happened, whether it's with a client or something's gone wrong with manufacturing and just going right out, that's happened. There's absolutely nothing I can do about it. Mm. It's not going to be an issue in five years' time, so let's just move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good one. And it's one that I feel like we, well, I know I do as well. It's something you just have to practice ongoing. Yeah. Okay, and my final question for you is what do you believe is your greatest asset? 
How do I read this? I think just my, we, we call it in New Zealand like number eight wire. If there's a will, there's a way type thing. And I, mm-hmm. I've noticed it on a few occasions. Some people will say, you know, no, we can't do that. So I'll just make sure I can find a way to do it. Awesome. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for chatting. It's been really delightful and I've enjoyed hearing about your your business journey and your personal journey. And I will, as mentioned before, include all the links so everyone can go and check out Tony. And Amazing. Yeah, I look forward to watching it progress. Thank you. Thank you so much.